Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians, and they are a fascinating bunch of people. It'll be a great time, and I hope you can handle it. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. My guests today are a prominent couple based out of New York City. They have studied and danced all over the world. They're known for their humor and very playful creativity. And with me now are Adam Ashton Hoopengardner and Chico Tanik. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you again. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah it's a great idea to have a podcast like this. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely had you had you both in mind when I when I thought of it. So, just to get right into things, can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Well, there are two moments in my life. Okay. One was that I knew I wanted to do this as a hobby mm-hmm. more seriously than I um, started. Mm-hmm. That would be probably at the end of a weekend at my first festival in Ann Arbor. Okay. Because um, before then I would, you know, take classes, go out to dance, and then take classes, disappear for three months, and then go back. Mm-hmm. But after one weekend of really focused work mm-hmm. and meeting a lot of people, staying up till morning dancing, that's when I knew, like, this was going to be a more serious hobby for me. Nice. nice. And then years later, it's another story to, like, become a professional mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Adam? I got into the idea, I saw people dancing in Paris one night, and it seemed kind of um, off the grid, little secret kind of thing to do, and I thought that was kind of cool. Mm. And then um, I went home to Cleveland and lived my life for another year, and then I took a class, I found an article, I found an ad, and I took a class, and I just really liked the people I met there, and the feeling of moving with the music, and and I realized that if I was going to try to, I mean, at that time in my life, I was really young, so I didn't have anything else going. So I figured, <laughs> why not give it a shot and do it, <laughs> you know, regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started coming to New York on the bus, meeting the local teachers here. Nice. And then got an offer to get a place to crash for a while, so I came for a month. Got into. I met Robin and Nay and Tioma nice. and a few people and Jennifer Bratt and um, just got really hooked into the scene. So I mm-hmm. worked my way. I mo- ended up moving here shortly after. Met Chico and that was that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's sort of a this organic progression. It sounds like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I think that you Adam had the idea of really wanting to do it mm-hmm. professionally way sooner yeah. than I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that a was that a scary decision to make when you decided to to take the plunge and do this full time professionally? I don't think it was as scary for me as it was for Chico. She was a full time architect and worked oh. at an architecture firm for many years. I was just a kid. I didn't have anything going on, so uh. <laughs> it was a lot easier for me to. I didn't have to change anything. I just had to get focused on something. That was the first time I really got focused on something. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I had other things I was doing, but um, sure. 
Yeah, but she was the one who had to uh, change career paths, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it that happened later on. Like I was, I started teaching and running a milonga and all that with Adam. Mm-hmm. But because I wanted to, when I first started doing it, it wasn't because I want. I thought I'd do it full time at mm-hmm. any point. It was more to get better at doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a partner that he worked with full time or anything like that. So it worked out for both of us that nice. like we were willing to put that time in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you take us back again, just just to the. Uh, Close to the beginning of your tango journey, can you describe your very first dance at a milonga? What what was that like? Go for it, Adam. Um, well, I started in <laughs> Cleveland, so it was mm-hmm. very safe. It was like a much older community. Everybody was really nice and mm-hmm. encouraging. Um, it was a really small community. However, my first time in New York was not so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a milonga, and within the first few moments of the song, the lady just left me on the dance floor. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's her right. Learning curve. <laughs> learning curve. Exactly. Uh, yeah. For me, I think the first social dance atmosphere I went to was not a milonga. Mm. Uh, it was like mix one of these mixed parties where they were, because I had no idea when I first started taking classes, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know there was a social world of tango. I I just knew I wanted to learn tango. I didn't know why. It Mm -hmm. was, I think it was the music. Um, So the place I started was not actually in the tango scene so much. So their socials would be salsa, merengue, all that all night, and maybe he'd play one tango song for me. Oh, okay. Um, But then months later, someone who came to the classes said, well, there is a, you know, free event at Chelsea Market in New York on Saturday. Do you want to go? And I was Mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? Do people dance this outside of classes? He's like, oh, yeah. And so that's how I discovered that's when I feel like I saw tango for the first time. Excellent. And I walked into Chelsea Market an afternoon on a Saturday. People were dancing. It was a mixed group of very few young people and mm-hmm. some older people, but it, I was like, and I saw Close Embrace for the first time, and oh. I was blown away. Mm. Uh, so that's when I feel I got hooked to the idea, because until then I was like, I wish people danced this socially, and seeing it, seeing the Close Embrace, it was just mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah. And I think I only danced with the person I went with. No one else asked me, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then I kept going back alone every Saturday for months, and I sat for three, four hours, just watched people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chelsea Market, that brings back a lot of, a lot of good memories. Love that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I miss that place. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners, um, they're relatively new to tango. You know, they're, they're just starting to get hooked, just mm-hmm. starting to feel that addiction set in. And they are also starting to come to milongas. They might still be a little nervous. Actually, a lot of them still are kind of nervous. So other than observing the basic customs such as floor craft and, and cabasil, so what advice, what advice would you give them to help make the milonga experiences more enjoyable? 
I would say don't go with expectations. Mm. Um, because we see this a lot, like when you, anything in life, right? right? When you have expectations and it doesn't turn out as what you thought it might be, it's usually a disappointment. Right. Uh, if you go to have fun and make the m most of it, and have patience and continue to learn, continue to meet people, mm -hmm. not just make it about dancing, but really socialize and full-on embrace the experience mm -hmm. and see where it goes as opposed to go with some expectation of what you think it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can be frustrating if your only intention is to dance as much as possible and then you mm -hmm. don't get to dance. Uh, I think what we're all craving is more of a community than, than just you know a bunch of great dancing. I think long-term, that's what we, we fulfills us a little bit more, at least I speak for myself in that. Mm -hmm. um, but also with this, you know, the current state of affairs, it's also for the guys to really be much more respectful and more, much more polite than yeah. what I'm hearing has been going around. Mm -hmm. um, because we all know that people are, we sometimes joke that, you know, certain people are going to come and go and like, mm -hmm. you make a comment that like, oh, this lady freaked this kid out or this guy freaked this girl out, they're never going to come back. Right, maybe right. Over the, you know, people have made these kind of jokes over the years, but... Mm -hmm. We're all starting to see that this is a much bigger picture, and um, right. that's a really important thing that we all have to be mm -hmm. cautious of and, and aware of. Like, yeah. uh, just really be much more aware and respectful of people's boundaries. Right. Yeah, and I feel like one more thing that is, I realize, like we talk about this in our classes a lot too, mm -hmm. and we all have some life experience. And for some reason, sometimes when we start doing something for the first time. We act like a beginner in life. Yeah. And that's not what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Like, we want to bring in who we are mm -hmm. and what we care for, what we, our instincts, everything to the milonga so that, like, we can make the choices that will make us happy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and stay dignified. Like, as followers, I don't know, you can get pulled and pushed around a lot and mm -hmm. think blame yourself that uh, you're not a good dancer yet so you probably no I mean that's you should never feel like that as a follower in the mm -hmm. dance mm -hmm. um, so not to put ourselves there not to allow anyone to try and teach us on the dance floor right when that's not what we want mm -hmm. right um, I think like the best leaders and the best relationships we find as dance partners are like when you manage to have fun, no mm -hmm. matter what your level is, what their level is. Right, right. Yeah, just teaching on the dance floor, that is, that is such, a, such an annoyance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Moving on to uh, your experiences um, while, you were, while you were learning. So you've worked with many, many wonderful teachers, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of really memorable advice for them over the years. So what, what are some that that come to mind that have really stuck with you? Uh, one is, <laughs> I, won't, I won't ever forget this one from mm -hmm. Horacio Godoy. Ah. He was, um, we were sitting at a milonga and we were watching everybody dance and he turned to me and he said, you need to bring the evil side of you out. Oh. <laughs> Go on. I was like, what? <laughs> Say what? Um, and 
No, I still think about that because to me, um, you can't just be nice mm -hmm. when you dance. You can't just be fragile. It's that uh, it's an exchange. So mm -hmm. you need to exist and mm -hmm. you need to have a, your own personality. Mm. So I think what he meant by that for me or what I got out of it was like uh, not don't don't take it so lightly. I see. Just, you can be sad, you can be angry, you can be happy. Mm -hmm. You can't always be happy and mm -hmm. you need to express it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of that point, I was, he gave me similar advice one night at La Viruta, I was sitting at the bar, with he was DJing, you know, he mm -hmm. always DJs at the bar, and yeah. he was like, are you here to dance tonight? And I said, no, I'm just here to have a few drinks and just, you know, listen to the music, and I said, I'm not, I was probably going through a breakup or something, I was depressed, I don't know, mm -hmm. and I said, yeah, I don't want to be out there on the dance floor like this, and he said, this is exactly why we dance, Oh. you know. It's not only when you feel like it, mm -hmm. you know, this, and I, well, I, I just, oh, I danced, I had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, it was a really honest evening. It was, mm -hmm. you know, one of those moments when you're just dancing, because, you know, besides, I think we spend a lot of time trying to make the other person happy when we dance, which is good, mm -hmm. or fulfilled, or whatever the word is, but sometimes we need to do it for ourselves, too, not not without consideration, of course, for the partner, but, yes. you know, the focus, mm -hmm. like Chico said, the fo every night, every moment, it's it's a living, breathing thing. It's going to change. It's mm -hmm. going to... It's going to have a mood. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, I mean, uh, I've had a lot of teachers over the years drop those golden nuggets every, every once in a while when you're not expecting them mm -hmm. um, at different parts of my growth. Robin had a big impact in the beginning just in terms of getting out and dancing as much as possible mm -hmm. and, you know, really pushing me to keep dancing. Andres Amarija gave me a very analytical and, and um, theoretical perspective because he comes from an engineering background ah. in terms of structure mm -hmm. and technique. Horacio with the musicality and the expression. Marcelo Gutierrez with mechanics and movement quality control mm -hmm. yeah um but also so like through, not to interrupt like with marcelo i also like and not only him but uh, i also the woman and man role mm -hmm. for me wasn't very clear at mm -hmm. the beginning for a while to really understand what that means mm -hmm. and that the strength of being a woman doesn't mean you're submitting to your leader, right. the power that you have as a woman. Mm -hmm. And to be proud of being a woman, uh, that femininity, mm -hmm. and however you want to interpret that based on your character, mm. uh, that changed me as a person, mm -hmm. as a woman, and I feel vice versa, it changed my dance a lot. Ah, okay. Yeah, so uh, just kind of going on with that, with that, with partnership, the mutual trust that you need to develop with each other. So, how do you how do you introduce that with your students? Well, we have a curriculum here where we work in six week cycles, mm -hmm. and we have a class on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, mm -hmm. There's, I mean, they're two different classes, and they're partner. You have to have a partner for them. Okay. Um, so we sign. We we you know we get people hooked up or or they bring somebody they work with, but mm -hmm. um, it's really about 
looking at the dance as something that you're creating with somebody else, but long t- it's like more long term because even the the whole group will kind of work together. But it's really difficult to trust, like to go into a class cold and just trust the first mm-hmm. person that you touch or yeah. put in your arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's really hard. It's really challenging to learn inf- learn information while you're trying to communicate to somebody you've never spoken to before, worked with before. So we find that if you can build a kind of trust and communication with somebody over six weeks, then Mm -hmm. you can bring in the information that you're trying to learn at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of the six weeks, you you develop a trust with that person. And Mm -hmm. I think what that does, I don't know if this was your question. It's okay. What that also does, uh, the, the trust is more also the communication opens more. The mm-hmm. more the people know each other, more they're willing to share what's working, what's not working, or explore together. Mm-hmm. So they have more time together to do that. And we understand like the social dances about changing partners and uh, learning the ability to adapt to different partners at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you might come back and say why like you make them stick around to one person. Mm-hmm. But we feel uh, six weeks is one thing. It's not that long. So mm-hmm. And then, of course, we always encourage to go out to social dance. But to create a partnership in the dance with no words to try to understand mm-hmm. what everybody's role is and mm-hmm. for the woman to know like they need to give back as much as the guy is giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this at the beginning, you can only get feedback by communicating verbally. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So our, our goal is to create these partnerships that, that opens doors that it's okay to communicate this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that we actually, at the beginning, we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're trying our best based on what we're seeing visually in class and what we hear. Yeah. But the feelings and sensations are very different when you're in there. Even as a teacher, like you think it works, you go work with the student and you realize like it's missing the essence of it. Yeah. Well, it's hard enough to take feedback from somebody you work with. Like between, like Chico and I, we've been mm-hmm. working together for over 10 years, 12 years. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not, it's, it's, it can be challenging at times to take constructive criticism, criticism, feedback, however you want to word it, right. from somebody you know mm-hmm. and respect as a dancer. Mm-hmm. If you're in a class with a stranger and they have, they want to give you feedback, mm-hmm. you know, you're a teacher, you've seen it, like, yeah. people immediately, you know, get defensive when, when a perfect stranger says, hey, you know, you know what you're doing, something yeah. this or that. But if it's, a, if it's two people that have been working together for several weeks, and mm-hmm. they start to trust each other, mm-hmm. then they can be more open to feedback. Yeah. And that's really how you, I mean, we all have our own tango, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So how you're going to grow yourself as a dancer is by listening to the feedback of the person you're trying to, mm-hmm. to communicate with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, like we went here with your question, but maybe your question no, is oh, about that, that's, how do we get our students no, that's to great. learn to understand the partnership oh. in the dance. Right, right. No, that's great. I think that's that's very helpful. I, I like I like where you take that because I, I kind of want the conversation to flow naturally. So that's okay. Yeah, good. that's definitely part of the part of the part of the purpose. Yeah. So another teaching slash learning question I have for both of you. So there's that old saying that. 
a teacher's best teacher are are their students. So over the years, what are some important things you've learned from your own students? Um, how to identify with like we really need them to communicate with us so that we can realize you know certain things that we overlook now that we kind of do them mm -hmm. more naturally. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't remember certain moments that I had to learn. Mm. So so now it's I feel like it just comes naturally. So perhaps I'll assume that it comes naturally to them. And then if they can communicate to me like, you know, can you break that down a little more? It helps me learn how to be a better teacher. For that uh, matter. Like, yeah. what am I missing here? Yeah. I need to know that you don't understand the words <laughs> I'm using. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's the big one. Um, I, I just think like we're, I mean, we're offering, I, I, we're offering a concept when we, when we conduct a class, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, but it's really a conversation. Yeah. So, you know, we have a little more awareness. We're the ones directing the conversation, but, mm -hmm. you know, we still need to hear from them that they are like in the conversation. They're not just being spoken at, but they're a part of the conversation. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so... I've learned over the years that um, that that's what's happening. I guess it's like it's not mm -hmm. just us going there to show you how to do a cross yeah. know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think we're lucky. Like from our students, I learn a lot that it's not even it's not about fixing everything at once and mm -hmm. giving them all the information we can give at once. Mm -hmm. It's really having them figure out what matters to them. Mm -hmm. And then also, because sometimes we have an idea of what we think they need, mm -hmm. right? We approach with that, but then also trying to really help them discover what they need. Yeah. And be open to listening to that. Uh, and also, like, learning the dose of how much information you can give, mm -hmm. how much technique you can give. Uh, like, over the years, I've learned to change how much detail I give mm -hmm. in mechanics mm -hmm. unless the student really asks for it. Yeah. Because sometimes that can block the student from being able to move because <clears throat> it will create all these visuals and trying to think this muscle, that muscle, where do I need to be? Mm -hmm. so, so sometimes working with just adjectives. Mm -hmm. So instead of like saying, don't put your heel down right away, Sometimes I've learned to say, how can you make that more quiet? Ah, yeah. And they discover it. Mm -hmm. Or um, how can you stay with me? Mm -hmm. And then they, like, in instead of saying, don't take your hips away or this and that, so mm. that they figure out what part. So then when it works with what adjective or whatever that I've used at the moment for whatever mm -hmm. reason, I ask them, like, what did you change mm -hmm. if, if it worked? Yeah. And then they describe what they did to me mechanically. Mm -hmm. oh. And I, I liked, like, how that started working. Yeah, that right. can help you use it again in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the one other moment I remember was, like, um, it was, I don't know for how long that we had been working with Alberto. Mm -hmm. And one night at the Milonga, we danced. And I turned to him, I'm like, man, something changed. What did you do? <laughs> it feels like you're freer and you 
like it's so much more clear. Mm-hmm. And he said, I decided to not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to talk about that, like mm-hmm. relax, don't like don't look at it so seriously. Like you can't always think about it. like try to have fun. And I remember that moment very specifically that like he found that mm. and how that really affected how his dance felt to me. Okay. Okay. So uh, how do you keep challenging yourselves to improve? We are always practicing. Yeah. And taking lessons. Taking mm. lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us, I, I'm going to speak for Adam here too, because <laughs> I, know, I know for sure for him too. Uh, improving for us is not only improving in what we do, mm-hmm. but is also how we teach. Yeah. Uh, and how we build a community. Since we are doing this in different aspects of the dance, mm-hmm. uh, for us, improving ourselves is taking classes for us and practicing it over and over, mm-hmm. but then also taking classes sometimes to yeah. see how other people teach. Mm-hmm. Or what they teach. Yeah. So that we can, I think getting out of your own head is also a really good way to improve. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like um, we have to keep in mind that the way we view tango isn't, and the way we view anything isn't the way yeah. it's viewed. <laughs> you or know what I mean? Way. Like everybody views it. So we yeah. sometimes we get in our own bubble mm-hmm. and we think this is the way tango is, this is the way life is, da 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 da. Mm. And we really need to stay open to all sorts of, and just like shedding the criticism of it and just being open, like working with a teacher. Maybe you don't agree with how they teach, but it doesn't matter because like they agree with how they teach, you know, and that there's Mm -hmm. something to that. And, um, and it's, yeah. And every student, you know, we used, I used to think that I could figure out a way to connect to each student, you Mm -hmm. know, but you can only do so much, you know, we're all humans. So, yeah, yeah. You know, we do what we can, people take what they can from, from you and oh, I take, you know, I, I learned, I remember asking it Gustavo or somebody a long time <laughs> ago, Brigitte, whoever, <laughs> you know, like, why didn't you ever tell me this before? And they're like, I've been telling you this for eight years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I didn't, I didn't have the capacity to grasp it yet. Mm. So mm-hmm. deepening the, the awareness of other people's awareness of what's going on in the dance that, you know, maybe I, you know, didn't see it before, mm-hmm. but I was ignorant and I made a, an opinion but I need to go back and reassess that opinion because, yeah. you know, that's not mm-hmm. – grow- we're not growing that when we do that, when we mm-hmm. close the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, improving is also, like, for us, like, we practice a lot with each other, but it's improving part of it has also been improving how we practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we do – besides what we do with the dance or what we focus on, it's how we improved to communicate with each other during the practices. Mm-hmm. It's really not easy, and whenever right. we talk about this with another professional partner, they like everybody laughs. Like, yeah, you, did you guys fight about that one? And like, because mm. it happens a lot. Sure. And I feel like only within the last year or two, like, it's gotten so much better the communication mm-hmm. through the practices. Mm-hmm. In so not only improving in the dance, but in in order to improve in the dance, improving to uh, communicate and criticize each other the way that will work for each yeah. other. All right. No, that's that's great. That's great information. Good. 
Yeah. So what projects, what future projects are you, are you currently working on? Well, we have current pro we're really busy with current projects. Okay. Um, just New York is, is really busy for us, but yeah. we are building new discussing. ideas. We're going to dive into possibly doing some kind of tango retreats. Oh, uh, different locations, maybe bringing because we've had some experiences recently where we've like decided to take a trip and then a bunch of students just decide to join us. Yeah, and it's been <laughs> happening more and more. Okay. So we were like, well, maybe we should do like a uh, weekend a, a weekend intensive, like around that. Okay. Um, I was just in Prague a few weeks ago and I met up with Javier Antar, who mm, used to work yes. with Cara. Yep, yep. And um. He, he, they, they do a lot of um, seminars, like um, mm -hmm. intensives, I guess you could call them. Yeah. Like yeah. 20 hours in a week for 10, 10 couples. Nice. Yeah. So he was, he was giving me some tips on how to make that work. Cause, cause he, he, so he moved there to start a school. So mm. I was giving him a little guidance on how we do that here. And he okay. was giving me guidance on how he does what they were doing, which is like these touring intensives. They go to a community for a week mm -hmm. and they do like a 20 hour thing. Mm -hmm. So those are two other things that we haven't really done yet, but we're thinking we might want to try. Yeah, yeah and then um, we always organize a few of our teachers from Argentina to come mm. and teach here. So we have those. Oh, yeah, so Horacio will be back next summer with, with Cecilia. Oh, very nice. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to do a New Year's event mm -hmm. soon. We have to get organized. Yeah, we're <laughs> like going, uh, because like, you know, we have the weekly event, we have the monthly event, and then mm -hmm. the classes. So we have a bunch of ideas we haven't taken action on yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But we're brewing ideas right now. Mm -hmm. uh, There's probably more that I can't think of right now, but I have yeah. a notebook full of ideas. Besides that, we're always traveling here and there to teach workshops. Yes. Uh, yes. Soon we'll be in Florida, and then we're going to be in New Jersey for a weekend. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, and we go to State College often to Pennsylvania to nice. teach there regularly. Nice. Good. So part of it on the road, then we're trying to bring out new ideas when we're at home as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, great. I also had a new idea today because uh -huh. um, so we had – you know, if you do you know Rodrigo Charua, the DJ? Uh, I I don't think so. Well, he DJs for us a lot. He DJs in Cleveland at our marathon in okay. New York, and he played a tanda recently of a new orchestra called Orchestra Romantica Milonguera. Oh yes, yes. And um, so I was listening to them today, and mm -hmm. I have like, of course, you know, we just had Cachavache in Cleveland, and I have a collection of all these modern orchestras. Mm -hmm. Thinking I should do. Uh, we should do an amilonga of just contemporary bands, people Ooh. that are like alive right now, and get yeah. that more, more, um, rolling, like comfortable in people's ears, you know, yes. because yeah, that's the future. Okay. Yes, that's yeah, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. It I just I just downloaded nice. that album by uh, Romantica Milonguera. It's yeah. Oh yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so like somebody said to me, I think I was in Puerto Rico a few years ago, and mm -hmm. somebody who was a salsa dancer said, you know, we. They took me to the square in Cantado, and they're like, we're all going here to dance salsa because this guy's in town. He just wrote a new salsa that's really popular. Oh. And I was thinking, like, we're going to – like, tango's going to die mm -hmm. if we don't get a new person or orchestra that everybody's running to the town center for to go dance to the new song. You know, like, mm -hmm. eventually, these old songs, <laughs> we all love them. Yes. But I've been dancing for 15 years, and I get a little tired of <laughs> – 
<laughs> certain songs over and over yeah. again. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting when you have new music that's good, that's yeah, danceable, of yeah. course, but it's... I, th- I just think it would be exciting to have an event like well, that. Well, it's mm-hmm. also, like, I think what we see a lot, like, we both DJ and we both run events, like, um, most dancers are very conservative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want things the way they're used to having them. Mm-hmm. And we like pushing things, and we yeah. like changing things around. We don't like things staying static. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we both, I think, already throw in some... Uh, contemporary stuff every mm-hmm. now and then when Good. we DJ, but not maybe as much as it should be in there. Well, the other and thing when is when we do like, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. we immediately either get pe- some people that go, oh my god, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like so excited. Well, the other thing is we don't want to foster a conservative community. No, we want that's to foster why. A f- that's uh, why. Yeah. Well, the the funny yeah. thing is the people who come to you when you play a tanda of that nature. Mm-hmm. are the less advanced dancers will run over and say, what is that? Mm-hmm. They haven't yet formed the conservative opinion of what it should be. Right. What right. should be played at the Milonga. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so it's really interesting to see that. And then mm-hmm. every now and then you'll get some people who are like professionals who are like open-minded and they appreciate tango pushing forward and they will come and ask you which orchestra that was. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because uh, what we consider the classic orchestras, even during the time when they were written and some of them were considered controversial in their time. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And then who knows, exactly. 50 years from now, you know, someone's going to listen to Narco Tango 50, 60 years from now saying, oh, that's classic. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, we actually, you know, we do have classic alternative music at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff that, you know, you know, Tango in Harlem is, <laughs> that's like a classic alternative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I missed that one. You know, Tango in Harlem. <laughs> the point is that we have the point is we have tango music that's alternative that yeah, if you yeah, play yeah. it now there's people that have been listening exactly. to that for 10 years yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I got it Sorry. Yeah. you know you yeah. throw in orchestra <laughs> Tipica D'Arienzo yep. and after a few weeks people are going to get used to hearing a modern take on an older on an older orchestra yeah yeah great so where can we find more information about you online adamandchicotango.com Excellent. We're not great at keeping our website up to date, but we do our best. And then, yeah, of course, on Facebook, Facebook. Adam and Chico Tango, our group on Facebook is probably more up to date. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. And I'll, I'll put links to that in our in our show notes once the, uh, once the podcast is uploaded. Okay. So thank you both again so much for taking the time. I know you've got super busy schedules. I know, Chico, you've got a private booked coming up really soon but yeah, I wanted, yeah. yeah i wanted to thank you both so much for your time and for your and for your knowledge what's the name of the podcast the podcast is just called joe's tango podcast okay very yeah. very simple <laughs> i wanted to keep it keep it simple we're not so. gonna let you go joe <laughs> <laughs> okay well, thank you for giving us the opportunity sure sure my pleasure yeah thanks for thinking of us yeah. uh so good luck in the future. And uh, and then be in touch and come visit us in New York, please. Yes, definitely. I'm overdue for a visit. Yes. Okay. All right. You have a great weekend. And um, yeah, we'll stay in touch. We'll keep up with what your all your future plans. Great. All right. Thanks, Take Joe. Care. All right. Have Take a good care. night. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye. 
Okay, Adam and Chico, I'm really glad I was able to get a hold of them for this podcast. They had a lot of really interesting stuff to share, and what stood out to me was the advice that Chico got to let out her evil side. Of course, it was a humorous statement, but Chico took the point very well, that the follower's role is not submissive, it's very active, and a lot of that has to do with bringing your heart into it. And adding to that, Adam gave us some insights about what he learned and that you shouldn't dance only when you feel like dancing. Instead, the way you feel is why you dance in the first place. Something to meditate on as we progress on our tango journeys. So thank you again, Adam and Chico, for your time and for your thoughts. And to all of you listeners, thank you again so much for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoyed this program and you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, it would mean the world to me if you could go to any one or all three of those platforms, leave a five-star rating, a positive review, and remember to subscribe. It only takes a minute, but does a lot to help more people find this podcast. Now, on SoundCloud, I don't think they have stars. There's just that little heart button uh, next to the track. It's pretty easy to spot. Just give that a click, and you're good to go. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly, truly appreciate your support. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes on Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.